guys and welcome back to Helping Teachers Thrive. In today's episode, I talk to Michelle Orton, who has been a primary school teacher for 25 years and an assistant head teacher for 10 years. Michelle is passionate about teaching and creating a nurturing and safe environment for both children and staff to thrive in. In the last eight years, Michelle has learned about mindfulness and tapping and has taught her staff and students tapping techniques to improve their well-being. Michelle has also written a book called What Happy Teachers Do, which is out August 2024. And if you're listening to this episode before this date, then the book is on pre-order now. I hope you enjoyed the episode. EFT tapping is, has actually been around since about the 1980s. It was created by somebody called um, Gary Craig, and he um, used it to start with for soldiers with PTSD. And he used, he created an algorithm of tapping on different parts of your body. So tapping on the side of your hand, your eyebrow points, side of your eye, under your eye, under your nose, your chin, your collarbone, under your arm, and then the top of your head. And they're the main tapping points. And you tap on them while expressing how you're feeling. So if you're, ha- especially if you've got negative emotions, then actually it really helps to be able to acknowledge those. It helps your body, it sends calming signals to your brain. So when you tap, it helps to reduce, it's been proven to reduce your cortisol levels, which is responsible for our stress. So when we're stressed, when we're feeling anxious and worried, then we produce more cortisol. But by tapping, it helps to reduce our cortisol levels and therefore makes us feel calmer and able to make decisions and think about what we're doing. Tapping also helps you to um, link into your subconscious about things that you may have had, which have been traumas or things in the past, which therefore influence how we then approach a new situation because we go back to how we've done things previously. Um, But it's really easy to learn. I've just, like the tapping points I've just shown you are the main points. Um, You tap on them, you say how you're feeling, and yeah, it helps you to feel calmer. It sends those calming signals to your brain. And then you can, as there's been more research recently um, by Pat Carrington into um, then tapping in positives as well. So I feel like this, but I choose to feel like this, or I choose to mm-hmm. do this. Um, and that can be really positive and empowering as well. Um, so yeah, it's gained in popularity recently. There's re- research going into tapping all the time, all around the world. Um, countries all over the world are producing research into the effects of it mainly because it's it's so effective it's so impactful okay. it's now recognized by nice like the um national institute of um, accredited uh, therapies in england so it oh, wow. can now be um doctors can now suggest tapping as something that um, people could have to be able to support and to help them so there's mm-hmm. lots of benefits into it it's got more celebrity status recently. So people like Fern Cotton. Um, you might have seen Boy George tapping in the jungle when he was in there. So there's different people which are starting to do tapping. Um, Oprah Winfrey, who... Mm. and So it's starting to get more known because different people are starting to do it. And the fact that celebrities are doing it is that helps to sort of show people how the benefits of yeah. it. Because I didn't know anything about tapping and what it is until... Um, I reached you. You reached out to me, and I saw your website. And I saw on there that that's what you've been looking into. That's what you've been doing. So I, I don't know anything about tapping, but now just telling me about the effects on your subconscious and 
your yeah. negative feelings and how people with PSD has used them. That, that's something that's really interesting, actually, in a psychological and physiological way. So what yeah. drew you to mindfulness and EFT tapping? So um, about, I think it's probably about eight or nine years ago now, we had mm. an inset training day um, with our consortium of schools. So there was probably about 10, 11 schools who all gathered together in this big hall um, for a training. And there were hundreds of teachers there. And this person stood at the front and talked to us about mindfulness. And then she did a practice with the whole hall. And I was just like, it was like I zoned everybody else out. And for those five minutes, I just felt this real peace inside me. And I was just like, wow, there's something in this. I need to find out more about it. So she recommended uh, Mark Williams' book, Finding Peace in a Frantic World. I've read that several times and it came with like a CD of different meditations that you could do. So I did that, went through it all, really enjoyed it. My school then put on an MBSR course, so Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction course. Um, and there was eight of us. That it, it was open to whoever wanted to go. Eight members of staff decided to go. And it was really, really good. Very different to do it following it in the book because you had the discussion that was around it as well and different people's experiences and having more of a guided practice in a held space felt very different. Um, and after doing the book, reading the book and doing some things, I had a lesson observation and I've worked in my school for a little while. My head teacher has observed me loads of times and she came in and I used to get really wound up about lesson observations because um, you want to get it right don't you want it you want it to be just so and <laughs> we all do yeah yeah you all do and, it, and you feel like it's a bit of a judgment what what if it goes wrong what are people going to think and this time I just I was really calm and I spoke wow. to her after and she was like what's different you know I've seen you teach lots of times what's different I was like it's mindfulness I'm practicing mindfulness every day and I just feel more calm I just feel better in myself and I'm not worrying about things as much so I went on um and carried on doing mindfulness then I found tapping online actually so um I saw Jessica Ortner um the Nick and Jessica and Alex Ortner are part of the tapping solution um they have a big organization in America they do lots to promote tapping lots of great work um and I'd seen Jessica Ortner online doing a tapping video. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. She's got a book out, which I read. And Nick Ortner's got a book out, which I read his book as well. And I found it really interesting. The more I learned, the more I wanted to find out about it. So I went and did a course um, and trained to be a tapping practitioner. I did Well, I did a few courses and trained to be a tapping practitioner and just found it hugely beneficial. So and then trained to be a mindfulness teacher and do children's mindfulness and children's yoga. So I've done lots of different things. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's all, but it was, it's just enriched how I feel about teaching. And it's mm. it just brings something different, I think, to my teaching and how I experience teaching now. That I love the fact that you've done mindfulness in terms of for children and yoga for children. Because I think that's something that's really big in the schools in terms of mental health for our kids and the anxieties that they're going through. So do you implement that in your school? Or are you looking to maybe do that in the future? Yeah, so we do. Um, we have three, four members of staff who are um, trained to teach yoga. We have, um, we've had different members of staff who have done mindfulness courses. So we'd run one initially, but actually 
I'm qualified and so is um, my head teacher to qualify, qualified to teach mindfulness as well. So we've run staff courses um, and parent courses for people for mindfulness. And then we're, wow. um, yeah, and then we're in, starting to see a different ways and we can incorporate it in the classroom. So I use it regularly within my classroom, but and it's helping other people to be able to find ways to do it in their classrooms as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, as a mum, when I get emails from my child's primary school about certain events that are happening, especially with anxiety and helping parents understand mental health around their kids and the anxiety they may suffer, they're normally in the morning at nine o'clock and I'm working as I'm a teacher myself. So I get really frustrated that I can't access those things for my son. So do you think maybe in terms of um, trying to get more parents involved, could there be like a remote thing that could be run from schools? Maybe yeah, in the that, afternoon I mean, that, that after would be great. work hours? Yeah. Um, yeah. Last year when we were doing um, the class I had last year, we did lots of work. Um, I was teaching year two and they get to a point in year two where actually they will start to be more themselves and therefore sometimes they start to fall out with their peers a little bit more mm. and <laughs> parents were finding at home that all of a sudden they were finding their feet and there was a difference and so um I sent home with the parent to the parents different ideas that would be trying in class for mindfulness and tapping and encourage the children to be the experts so that they were then able to share with their parents some of the strategies that they liked the best and that had a really positive response actually from from parents because their children were then able to share with them what they've been doing wow because I, I think uh, what's hard I think with anything um whether you run it in person or online is that actually people are really busy and you know parents are working and they're trying to do the best that they can at any one time everyone's trying to do the best mm -hmm. they can at any one time and it's then finding time to be able to do something different whereas if your child's coming up to you and say look I can do this or I ha I've had an instance where um one of the children in my class, their parents' car broke down when they were on a day trip. And he um, so it could notice that his dad was getting really stressed. And he told the whole class how he taught his parents how to do three, five breathing, breathing in for the count of three and out for the count of five, and how that it made everybody feel happier and then able to cope with what was happening. And you just think that's so empowering when you've got a six or seven year old being able to have what could have been a really stressful situation for him um, to be in, seeing his parents distressed or and worried, having a tool that he's able to say, do you know what, we can all do this and we'll all feel better. Mm. And and he was so proud of himself when he came into school <laughs> the next week and told us all about it. And you know, I think that's the power of doing things like this with children is the fact that actually if they can then if we can empower children to go do you know what you've got these great tools can you share them with your parents then I think that's a great way to be able to support parents as well because then they're seeing the strategies that their children are learning in school as well and that's the credit to you and your staff for doing that and teaching that child how to do that for them, for them to then be able to take that home and do it with their parents that's incredible that's what we do as teachers we want to empower our students to go yeah. off and Go out to the big wide world and teach them the strategies that we've taught them in schools to help them improve their well-being. So that's that's really good. That's really impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, so on your website, it says that your inner drive to do the best job possible at times has pushed you too far. Yeah. So how has your career impacted on your well-being? So I um I always want to try and do the best that I can, which mm. I think lots of us do. And 
at the time my children were quite young were younger than they are now my, my children are um, 16 and 18 now so that we're at a di- new phase at the moment um but well they were, they were younger and they were both needing lots of support at home um and things at work I just was trying to do the best job that I possibly could and it was getting too much and I found that I was changing a display and I took the same backing paper and border down twice because I kept putting the same thing back up and I was like what is going on you know you know you got to the point where things are you're you're not functioning properly because Mm -hmm. you're doing things which aren't how you should do them so um I went and got help I went and spoke to my her teacher and said that I was struggling um I actually went to the doctor as well and spoke to them and and actually that's when I started doing the tapping was around that time because and I found it made a real difference um so I think the, the main advice I would give anybody is actually if you're struggling go and speak to somebody because everybody struggles at some point everybody has a time when it's all too much and it's there's times when you can be absolutely fine and then the same things can happen the following week and you and you find you can't cope with it and that's really normal um and I think it's about normalizing it and going do you know what we all feel like this sometimes we all need a bit of help sometimes and just go and speak to somebody in school that you trust and just say do you know what I'm struggling or I'm finding this really hard could you help me um, I can't see the wood through the trees at the moment. I, there's, mm. I just need a bit of help. <laughs> That's the thing. We, as teachers, we think we have to cope with everything and just get through everything because we should be able to. But of course not. Like we are only human. Things yeah. happen, and we need help. I mean, yeah. I was in that situation at my old school where I just took everything. I just everything just sort of went. I had too much on my shoulders, basically. And rather than opening up and talking to my head of department, I kept it all in because I thought everyone can see me getting on with things. And they think, oh, yeah, she, she tends really good at this. She can do this. I didn't want to look bad. So I sort yeah. of kept it all in and it just sort of had to end up leaving, it, unfortunately, because I just couldn't cope with the situation and everything. But that was because I piled everything on top. I'm doing school. It was just because I took on yeah. way too much. I didn't speak to anybody. So you're right. We need to we need to open up and talk to people. Yeah. close to us our colleagues our friends anybody family just to help us to deal with certain things and learn strategies yeah, like you're teaching us today with the tapping to help yeah. us with our well-being so as an assistant head what support do you put in place for your staff in school to help them with their well-being so i'm really fortunate the school i work in puts well-being forefront and has done and always has done so I think that makes a massive difference. So we've got a well-being culture within our school. And I know that's not the case for everybody. No. So that that's that's what's really hard is that I know, I know that I'm really lucky in the school that I'm in. I know that actually well-being is a priority. And because there's a well-being culture in school, then it's okay to, for us to be checking in with people. So, so part mm-hmm. of will be yeah, actually, do you know, are you okay today? You don't quite see yourself or... Um, do you want to have a chat so some of it is just really low level just checking in seeing if people are okay um it's also about knowing when people are having a hard time you know we all have times where you you kind of put your school face on don't you you, you kind yes. of try and leave <laughs> things at the door and but actually sometimes you can't sometimes actually things in life are too big and it's about being open and listening to people when they would like to talk um, being able to offer support that we've got in school, but also sometimes being able to signpost people to other things we've got. So like we've got um, 
some well-being insurance so that that we've got different services that we can access within our school, which I know lots of schools buy into those kind of things. But there's also signposting people to where else they can go if they need to have support or they need help. Or on sometimes even saying, actually, have you considered going to the doctor and mm. talking about things? So depending on what's going on for people, um, changes to what I'm doing. So instead of run like lots of mindfulness courses, I've also run tapping sessions, like group tapping sessions for staff, but also one-on-one sessions if people have asked for it or, or would like it. Um, during lockdown, um, lots of our staff and lots of well everybody I think found it really difficult to start with didn't they so the yeah. first lockdown yeah, it was course. just like a big shock um, <laughs> and in education it was things changed so rapidly and it was a really unsettling and unnerving time so that's when I started recording tapping videos and I recorded them mm-hmm. I was recording them for our staff and they ended up going on YouTube because that was the easiest way to be able to share with people of so, course, yes. Yeah. So that was the easier. That's how I started doing the tapping videos was actually during lockdown as a way of trying to support our our staff with what was happening at the time. Yeah. In my current school, actually, we have we're quite big on well-being. So we've got a well-being group of individual staff that lead well-being in our school. Um, and I'd actually love for you to be able to do like a remote session with my school, actually. That would be amazing. Yeah. We can yeah, definitely, definitely do that. that. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. So yeah. what? How do you think are the common challenges that your early careers teachers are facing in school? I think there's the pressure. I think that the early career framework is high. There's a lot of early career framework that teachers need to be able to do. I think it's also the support uh, that they get within their school. So I think there's, yes. it's all of a sudden, <laughs> we all remember when we first started teaching and it's a shock, isn't it? Because you all of that, you go to your training and you know that you're having to work really hard for your training. And then the reality of the job kind of hits somewhere, doesn't it? In the first mm. couple of years about, oh, actually it's this intense lots of the time. Um, <laughs> and it's about having ways to be able to manage and to be able to cope. Um, and Again, speaking to mentors or speaking to um, people who are from your appropriate body for wherever you're getting your training from and speaking to other members of staff in your school to say, do you know what, I'm not sure about this or what do I need to prioritise? Because I think that's what's really hard is knowing when you're in your beginning of your career, what do you prioritise? There's so many things that you need to do. Where do you prioritise? What do you do first? Um, and I think it's also really important to make sure that you find things that you like and do for yourself, because yeah, I think it's easy to lose yourself at the beginning if you when you first start teaching because you give it your all and then there's nothing left. So it's mm. about thinking about actually what is it that you really enjoy that you can make sure that you find time to do as well so that it doesn't feel like teaching is all consuming. Of course, yes. And what feedback have your ECTs or new starters or new teachers, what feedback have they given you in terms of the tapping and the well-being that you've put in your put in place in your schools? Yeah, so I think it's about um, having, as you said, strategies mm-hmm. and also recognising that it doesn't have to be a massive thing that you do. You can do a mindfulness activity or a tapping practice in five minutes and feel mm. very different in five minutes time to how you could be feeling before you start it. And I think it's just recognising that actually it doesn't have to be really time consuming. 
But once you have a small bank of things which you like and that work for you, then you can use them whenever you need to. And it's also a way of, I think as teachers, we're so good at beating ourselves up and overthinking situations. So when things don't quite go as we'd hoped, either with a lesson or with behaviour that with the incident or something that we've dealt with or with talking to a parent, when things haven't gone as ideally as you would like them to, then mm. I think teachers are the worst at beating themselves up and overthinking about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and it's about having different strategies to do. Do you know what I did? If you can calm yourself down before you speak to a parent or you speak to a child who, who is doing something which you know is either dangerous or is triggering or you're, is getting to the point where it's too much, if you can calm yourself down before you deal with the incident, you know that you are making the best choices in that time. So if, if you know that you've gone into the situation as calmly as possible, then you know that you'd have done what's best for the child and for the rest of the children in that moment. And therefore, afterwards, you, you, there's less to beat yourself up about because you've know you've done the mm. best you can. So by having the, it's kind of about doing it proactively as well. So knowing that I know that if I need to phone a parent or speak to a parent after school, I'll make sure that I take some deep breaths or I'll make sure that I I'm tap or that I'll make sure that I do like a stop practice where you stop, take a breath, observe how you're feeling and then proceed before speaking to them so that I know that I'm as calm as possible. Uh, if I'm meeting them face to face, I'll make sure that I approach them smiling because actually that's going to make a difference to how yes. I feel <laughs> and how they are. It's all these little and it's so tiny. It's like tiny little things. But when you do them consciously, when you're aware of the fact that actually I'm consciously going to do this, because I know it will make a difference to the interaction, then afterwards, you've, you know that you've done everything you can. You know you've done your best. So therefore, you've got less to beat yourself up about. Of course, that's such valuable information because you're so right. We have to calm ourselves before we go into a situation, especially with children, because when I'm snapping at children and shouting, and that just exacerbates and worsens situations. Whereas if we use the strategies that you're teaching your staff, to help us calm down and just think and make the right choices, we're going to be able to go into these situations in a better mind frame and deal with them in a more positive way. So I reckon the culture in your school must be really, really positive. They're walking around school, the kids must be happy, the staff probably happier because they've got these different strategies that they can use and implement lessons. Yeah. I mean, no perfect, you know. There's, no. There's, <laughs> no one's perfect. And I mean, the best will in the world everybody has a day when it doesn't go quite as to plan so I'm not trying to paint a picture that our school is perfect it's not mm. every school is a work in progress and every school is everybody's got things going on at different points mm. um but I think it's just as you say being aware of the strategies being aware of different things that you can do um can make 100%. a real difference so you've got a book coming out this summer haven't you <laughs> yes tell us about your book so my book is called What Happy Teachers Do, and it's a three-step self-care guide to help you inside and outside the classroom, because teaching is, as a teacher, you're not just a teacher, you're also a person. And it's why I want you to be able to have self-care strategies that help with the whole of your life, not just in teaching. So it's um, coming out with Hay House, the 6th of August. Um, it's full of practical ideas 
about how you can use self-care strategies, mindfulness and tapping to be able to lead the life that you want to be able to lead more with and still enjoy teaching and still get the most out of your teaching that you're doing. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really exciting. I'm very excited that it's, the book's coming out. And are there any specific techniques that you can share with us that we can do right now? You've gone through a few of the tapping techniques with us. Yeah, uh, so I think um, we talked briefly about by doing mm. things as a, um ECT that bring you joy. One of the things that I've got in the book is about writing a list of the things that bring you joy. And I think that's something that everybody can do quite simply. So just writing down a list, give yourself seven minutes, write at the top of the piece of paper, things that bring me joy and list down the things that you can you have that bring you joy in your life. And it could be really tiny things. It could be that actually you really like the crunch of the snow on your feet or you really like the rustle of the leaves mm. when you're walking in. So it can be really small things and it can and thinking about actually in different seasons what brings you joy, using your senses to think about actually what do you enjoy smelling, what do you enjoy seeing, what what is it, what what um experiences do you really bring you joy? And writing it, I've said for seven minutes, because actually you'll have your initial ideas that come out and then you may start to, your ideas may start to dry up. And if that does, just write again, things that bring me joy and then give yourself a bit more time to think. And you may need more than seven minutes because you may get on a roll and you just have loads of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and once you've got your list, then think, right, actually, well, what are these things can I do today? What can I do in the the next week how many of these things can I make sure that I incorporate into my week as teachers we plan for everything we have plans in place for all of our lessons for everything we're doing and as you say if you've got a family then that's a whole nother load of planning that you're doing to make sure that everything juggles but the thing that always drops off is our own self-care yes and that's the thing which often ends up coming last but actually that's why I'm asking you to write your list about things that bring you joy and to think, right, where can I put those things into my week so that I know that every day I've got something that brings me joy, something that is just for you. And it could just be for a couple of minutes. It could be that when you get in from work, you sit down, you have an uninterrupted cup of tea. It could be a, a, the tiniest <laughs> thing, it, you know, that... <laughs> how often are cups of tea left cold throughout the day you know <laughs> very frustrating <laughs> so it can be the smallest thing but actually it it brings you joy just in the fact that it's just like actually I'm going to really enjoy this or I'm going to have an uninterrupted shower or bath or I'm going to have time to read a couple of pages of the book that I'm really enjoying at the moment I'm going to find my friend who I haven't spoken to for a couple of weeks or, and it could and it's about giving yourself permission to have time for you to be able to look after yourself. So I think that's an easy takeaway that everybody can do straight away. Um, I've got a website, um, michellealton.com, and on there, there's if you there's free meditations, there's um, links to tapping videos and mindfulness videos that you can try. Um, all of them are free. Um, so you could have a go at that straight away. That's something which actually, if you want to experience tapping, then you can just watch the video and tap along and they, they're quite easy to follow. Um, so that was that's something else that people can do straight away. That's fantastic because I work in an SEN school and we, during the day, we incorporate these mini sessions to help our students regulate, to help break up the day, 
for example I do cosmic yoga with my students um, on a daily yeah. basis but I think I'm going to I'm going to log into your website like when we come back after half term and start doing some tapping and teaching them a bit of tapping that yeah. they can hopefully do in lessons even when they're starting to feel a bit triggered or frustrated and that can be a way to help them self-regulate during yeah. the day at any tapping, point in the yeah. day when they're feeling triggered during the day tapping is a really great way of getting everyone's attention as well so I will use it in class or in whole class, even in whole school assemblies. If something's got really exciting and actually you need to lower the energy and just want everybody a bit, a bit calmer, everyone do this. Having the top of your head. Everyone tap here on your eyebrow points. Everyone tap your collarbone points. And within 30 seconds, the energy in the room is completely different because everybody is feeling calmer. So it's a really great attention grabber but also just to calm the energy down really quickly so yeah tapping can be is really useful for lots of different ways so you, you can definitely do it on more of a personal level working on what you want to be working on but also as a calming strategy within classes it, it's really good if or if it's a, we had on Thursday it poured a rain all day so the children were inside for <laughs> break time and lunch time and they had so much energy and they needed to be able to do things so like you said, we put we did some whole um, class yoga in, um, in the classroom, but also we did some tapping and we did some mindfulness and some listening to sounds as a way of helping the children to regulate themselves. I think it's really important. I think what you're teaching is so valuable. So thank you so much, Michelle, because these kids are going to grow up and they're going to then do this with their own children or their own workplaces. And hopefully in the future, we'll be able, they'll be able to deal with mental health in a much better way in terms of individually. Because it can be some people can be really scared to go and ask for help. Some people can be really worried to go to doctors, to leave the house, to go get any help. By teaching people strategies that they can learn at a young age and then be able to take that through their life as they get older and older, to be able to do that at home and teach their own family. I think that's incredible. That's going to help a lot of people with a lot of mental health problems that they may be having, anxieties that they may be having, or the feelings of burnout and feeling that they're not good enough, for example, and that will help them to regulate their emotions and give them something, strategy to be able to start to see that there are amazing things that you can do to help you with your own mindset, as well as your, not just psychologically, but physiologically as well. What sort of physiological impacts does tapping actually have on an individual? So it does help to calm your nervous system. So it's been proven mm. to help calm your nervous system. So actually it's things like often people will complain about having like pain in their shoulders or right, yes. have like stomach aches. And But often it's related to stress and anxiety and stress can cause so many different symptoms. It can interrupt our sleep um, and that can have a ma massive impact on how we feel and so often you hear teachers talk about the fact that actually the beginning of term, they their sleep patterns completely go out the window because yes. they've got they're thinking all the time. They've gone from having their brains being much calmer in the holiday time to coming back to school and things feeling quite busy and therefore their sleep is being interrupted. So being able to use tapping and mindfulness, both of them together, um, can really improve your sleep and can really make a difference mm -hmm. to sleep patterns and how you then feel in your body and if but if we don't get the right sleep if we don't um look after our bodies then actually or we ignore the signals our bodies are giving us then they give us bigger stronger signals we'll end up getting ill we'll end up having these pains in our bodies and actually we can address those by using tapping because actually often we have different things that which are going on 
because our bodies are trying to tell us, do you know what? You need to slow down. Um, mm. <laughs> you need to be able to look after yourself. And I think it's really important that teachers have all these strategies because teachers always are looking after everybody else. It's the nature of the job. And, and for teachers to be able to have different ways in which they can look after themselves, which doesn't feel like another thing to do, where it's, but it's something that actually, if you do it for a little while, you go, actually, do you know what? I do feel so much better. I do feel that everything's okay. And there were times when I was writing this book when actually I was really, there was lots going on and everything was busy. And I questioned myself for feeling like a fraud. It's like, how can I be writing the book about this when actually at the moment my own well-being isn't the best it should be? But I used the strategies in the book. I, I made sure I was tapping. I made sure I did mindfulness. And it makes a difference. I upped my self-care. And I was like, actually, no, this is okay. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to say, of course, just because you do this, everything isn't going to be amazing. But it's going mm. to help your mindset and how you feel about everything. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important that teachers have those tools to be able to choose what works for them. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah. And then they can, if teachers don't understand themselves, how it feels for them, then they're not going to be able to do it with children. No. <laughs> no, you have to be able to do the value of it. You need to know yourself how actually how different it can make you feel. And especially that Sunday night dread that teachers feel. So that this is something they can do Sunday evening. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We're make a huge difference. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Because we all feel it, don't we, as teachers? It doesn't matter how many years we've been teaching that Sunday night drink, oh, we've got to go back to work tomorrow. Um, yeah. But just being able to use those strategies to calm yourself down. Yeah. And then you have better sleep and then you wake up feeling better and it all sort of ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah. And also doing something you really like on a Sunday. Mm, yes. That's <laughs> like, this is a day that you can really enjoy. What is it you'd like, like really like to do? Um, and I know we all want to be prepared and I know we want to be organised, but actually it's a balance, isn't it? It's making sure that you have the good stuff in there as well. 100%. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It's been amazing talking to you. You've taught me things that I'm going to go away and do today. First thing I'm going to do is write down for seven minutes all the things I enjoy doing because I'm terrible. I come home from work and I look after my son. I'm cooking dinner. I'm thinking about their lessons. And by the time I've actually sat down, and that time for myself, it's 9, 9.30 and I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to start implementing those things from today. I've got a week as well to get it all. So I want to make it more habitual. So that's, that's something that's yes. really important, isn't it? If it's something, yeah, something yeah. that's a routine to you, you're more yeah. likely to do it Yeah. when you're busy in a term. Yeah, definitely. Try to do things when you first wake up in the morning. So mm. when you first wake up, thinking about three things you're grateful for is a mm, great yes. way to get you into a good mindset of, the day about actually rather than waking up going oh, I've got to do this this and this actually what three things can I am I grateful for today and that can make a massive difference as well thank you so much Michelle we'll look forward to your book coming out in August great thank you so much Tim thank you for tuning in with me today and I hope you enjoyed the episode if you'd like to learn more about tapping and about Michelle then in the valuable resources section are links to Michelle's social media accounts and website you'll also find a link Amazon should you wish to pre-order Michelle's book or buy it depending on when you're listening to this episode don't forget to hit follow and if you could rate the show I'd very much appreciate it until next time keep on thriving and keep on changing young lives